0: Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Quirco. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. So let's dive in. Nehemiah, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about how the Jews uh, who had returned there from captivity were and about how things were going in Jerusalem. So let me give you a quick, we're going to give a quick overview, right? So that we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to vision. I love Nehemiah because he was a guy that was able to rally an entire nation together together. To accomplish the task of rebuilding Jerusalem's outer protective wall in 52 days. That's awesome, man. I want all of my visions to happen in 52 days. <laughs> like that's this is why I, I'm I'm inspired by this story, right? It's it's not so much that they built the wall; it's the fact that they built it in 52 days. That that's incredible. And so, the, the amount of inspiration that this man had to, to get that many people on board with this mission and, and also face opposition to get it done and still get it done in 52 days is incredible. So, this is, this is the example that we're speaking about. You know, the, the desire, that finished product, right? The, the, the vision, the desired outcome was a wall that was to be built, that surrounded the city of Jerusalem. So that's, we got keep to that, keep that in mind, right? This is the vision. And so we're going to be speaking to that um, for the next few weeks. So in this passage of Scripture, two things. Not three, just two. Two things. It's not, some people say it's not anointed unless there's three. We'll see. Two things. The first thing that I see here is a passion for people. When, when Nehemiah, think about this, that Nehemiah is exiled, he's in Babylon, and he gets to hear from his brother. They come and they visit, and the first thing that he asks is, how are the Jews who returned from captivity, how are they doing? His heart was set on his people. Like his, his heart was set on people. And, and this is the thing that I think we overlook a lot when it comes to vision, right? Because oftentimes, what is vision in our lives? When we talk about having a vision in our life, we talk about achieving something great, achieving something that's, you know, extraordinary. It's beyond our imagination. We want big dreams. You know, th- this is the type of thing that we talk about when we're talking about vision. And what we miss is that vision will be completely unfulfilling, if there's not a passion for people passion for people is actually what even led to his vision if he didn't care about the people that were returning if he didn't care about those people that were in jerusalem he would have never had that vision to build the wall i think sometimes we get it backwards you might be in a a spot in your life where you feel like i have no vision for my life I have no direction. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. And sometimes we can be in that place because there's no passion for people. You can be in a spot like that because there's no focus on, on reaching out to others. And as, as crazy as this may seem, it's not really that crazy, when we allow our perspective to become inward, right, so, so when we get, if we're in a place like that, oftentimes it's because our perspective is, is shifting inward. Our, our success for our own life is dependent on the benefits provided for us. That I'm successful if I have money. I'm successful if people know my name. I'm successful if I love my job. I'm successful. And we go through all of these lists that strictly benefit us. And that's our definition of success. But we don't understand that that opposes God's definition of it, of success. Or maybe when we get um, proud or critical of people, then, then that way we disqualify ourselves. I, I heard a, an evangelist said this. We, we were out uh, we of service, and he said this, and it really like struck, hit a chord, right? He said, who you speak against, you disqualify yourselves from ministering to. That you can't minister to people. You can't have the heart of God for people that you're speaking against. You can't love them the way that God loves them if you're speaking against them. And I'm telling you, God's heart is for people. I just want to read a few verses. I'm just going to point to like four or five verses and give you just a little glimpse of some scripture that explains God's heart for people. 1 John 3 verse 1. 1 John 3, verse 1. It says, see the Father's love for us, people. That, he, that we should be called children of God. John 3:16. For God so loved people, the world, that he gave his only son. Romans 5:8. God shows his love to us, people. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2, but God being rich in mercy because, and this is verse 4, Ephesians 2, 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love for people, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Romans 8, 37 to 39, In all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate people from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you don't care about people, You can't have a vision for your life that will fulfill you. Why? Because your vision is contrary to God's heart and to God's will. This is, I'm telling you, this is the hardest thing. Why? Because we want to be successful and we have our version of success. Trust me, I have my version of success and I have to lay it down every single day and say, God, not my will, your will. I don't care if it looks different. I don't care if, if, what I, you know, if what you have is different than what I was planning. Do it, Lord. I don't want what I want. I think I want what I want, but I actually know I want what you want. Lord, help me to want what you want if I don't want it. If that makes any sense. But have you been there before? You've you got to get on God's page you got to lay down your will and say, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it smells like. I don't care what I think it should be or what, what I think it shouldn't be. I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to be faithful to your vision. And maybe that's what we need to start saying. Not my vision or my dreams, but what is God's vision for my life? What is God's plan? What is God's dream for my life? And getting behind that and really seeing things happen. So there needs to be a passion for people. And look, I'll tell you, you can look at any, look at the entertainment industry. Look at how many people that would uh, acquire the success that many of us would, would say, oh, gosh, it'd be great. Yeah, the money, the fame, whatever, the recognition, they have all of those things. But those things don't bring fulfillment. We're talking about living a fulfilled life. Having a vision that fulfills your life. And those things don't bring fulfillment. You are created in the image of God. Think about that. You are created in the image of God. Therefore you should reflect your creator. My son looks like me. He, re- he is a reflection of <laughs> Amen. He is a reflection of his Father. That you are a reflection of your Father in heaven. And that as he laid down his life, right, he, he put on flesh and dwelt among us. That was the love of God, seen in the form of Jesus Christ. And that is the love that we are called to reflect to the world. Jesus said in Luke ten twenty 27, two greatest things. The two greatest things that a person could do. How many know what it is? Love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The two greatest things that you can do. So I'm going to challenge you, search your heart tonight. At, at the end of each of these meetings, I, I want to have some time where we can really seek God and th- and pray about what we're speaking to, and pray about ways that we can we can act on what 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 we're speaking about. If you don't have a, a love for people, right? If you've been if you're in a spot where things just it's just look it's it's not unnormal. I don't even know if that's a word. Unnatural. Abnormal. Thank you. It's really easy to get focused on your stuff. It's really easy to get focused on what's happening in your life. It takes intentionality to stay focused and to stay in a place of sensitivity and love towards people. But that's the heart of Jesus. Pastor talked about it a few weeks ago that you can see the picture of Jesus on the cross. And though the world was set against him, though he was whipped and mocked and beaten, that he would look out on those who, who did those very things to him and say, Father, forgive them. That Jesus loves in a way that we don't understand and to, to get ourselves to a place where we, we can love and see people the way that Jesus sees them. So if, you don't, if you're not in that place, God can get you to that place. But it takes surrender. You know, we don't get to that place on accident. There's things that lead us to a place where we, we aren't putting others, like before ourselves. And we don't get excited. That's, that's a really big ask, right? Like to actually love people more than you love yourself. Like to put people before, like that's really hard. But that's the place that, that where God can use your passion. That's the, that's the place that God needs to get us to, a, to an area where he can begin to bless and pour out because our vision isn't based on the glorification of ourself. Our vision is based on the glorification of God and the edification of others, right? It's based on pointing people to Jesus and then lifting them up and encouraging them. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. So search your heart. Ask, what, what am I passionate about? How can I begin to use what I'm passionate about and gear it towards lifting up people, encouraging people, being used by God for people? Because, look, people are eternal. People are the only thing that lasts. So if you want to give yourselves to something, if you really want your vision to have fulfillment for your life and to leave legacy, it needs to be geared towards people, even entrepreneurs, Anybody starting a business or creating a product, they're not going to start and say, hmm, what's something that's really just like annoying within my own personal context that I can solve? No, no. Common practice for entrepreneurs that are creating products is think about a problem that a whole bunch of people have and create something that solves the problem to all of those people. Because then you have something that you can work with. So even entrepreneurs who are wanting to succeed, that want that success for themselves, even them, they have a, a focus on reaching and helping other people. And you see how that God blesses that. And that by itself is fulfilling when you can use something that God's put in you for the sake of another person. So you, you need a passion for people. And secondly, you need a passion for God's presence. in verse 2 so he asks he asks first about the Jews who returned from captivity and then he asked about the city of Jerusalem it's really interesting right the city like how's the city doing it's how many of us would be like hey you know how's, how's manchester doing you know it's it's a, it's kind of it's kind of odd right it just but there's a connection to that city, and and the reason that I put this right, because you can be like, where in the world did you get passion for God's presence out of? Hey, how's Jerusalem? Right, like that. When you look at Jerusalem and what it represented to the people, that Jerusalem was synonymous with the presence of God. Like the fact that the city was was very well known as the place where God dwells. That's that's how Jews viewed Jerusalem. The place where God dwells. And so I'm not saying that he didn't... Like, obviously, it was a rough situation. There were some things happening there. Obviously, to give you some history here, the the nation of Babylon came in and conquered um, Israel and Judah and exiled them to Babylon. So Jerusalem was a ghost town, like that mostly almost everybody was out of there for like 70 years. And so Nehemiah now, he's he's taking this on, this is 150 years after that. So 150, come on now, sometimes we, I mean, look, I got mad because it's been taking a few years to start seeing things rolling in my life for certain things. We're talking about 150 years. You know, I look at Abraham, 25 years from the promise to when God delivered. Joseph had 15 years of just a bunch of, honestly, hell before God began to move in his life and he was promoted. There's there's a time of refinement in our lives that God is refining things on the inside of us and he's caring more about the process and getting us to the place that we need to be in order to support the weight of the calling that he has on us. God is refining a work in you. There are things that God is doing in you and they they, they hurt. Some of you, and I've had conversations, I know God is refining you in ways that it's painful, that you, you don't have answers to questions, and you're looking to the Lord. Be faithful, and I'm just declaring this even as a word of prophecy, be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to God and to the promises that He's given you. And He will deliver. It might not be in your timing, but he will deliver because he is not a God who lies. He is not like man who lies. He is a God who does not lie. And what he promises, he will deliver. So Nehemiah is coming to this place now where he cares about this city. You know, and, and just that. We have to get to a place where we care about the things of God. That if it's the Lord's, we care about it. That we're passionate about it. You know why it bothered him so much, this, this broken down wall around the city? If this city is known as the place where God dwells, the surrounding nations could look at the turmoil and the broken state of that city and say, Where's your God? If God dwells here, why does it look like a crap hole? Why is everything all busted up? He had a heart for the things of God. Why, why do I? I love putting meticulous detail into things. I like things looking good. Why? Because I care about what it looks like, because it matters, because I don't want to just do something that's half hearted. It, put detail and work into the things that you do. Be passionate about what you do. Be passionate about the things of the Lord. Put effort into it. Give it your all because it matters. It matters. And God is moved when He sees people that care, care about the small details. And we have plenty of small things. They may seem like small things, like posting a podcast or posting something on social media or maybe playing an instrument on a worship team or just shaking somebody's hand or or making a cup of coffee for someone coming in. When we get this thing going, there are a lot of small things. There are a lot of small details, but put everything into it. Put your all behind it because God will bless it. You have no idea who could walk through the doors of this church one day and they come and they get a cup of coffee because they don't know what else to do when they just walked in for the first time. And they're met by somebody who loves them, somebody who asks them questions about their week, somebody who introduces themselves with a smile and says, hey, nice to meet you and how that could go so far. I mean... I'll be honest, can I call you out just for a second, Sarah? I mean, look, Sarah came like a year or so ago because I think Alex just invited her to come. And she came out. And just an invite to say, why don't you come out to young adults? Why don't you just come? And that could flip the course of a person's life. It could change the direction of a person's life. You never know. The little things could go so far. But if you don't have a heart for people, If you don't have a heart set on making a difference, if the things of the Lord aren't a passion of yours, then it's going to be easy for those to slip into the background. So that's why, and I don't mean, I don't want to, again, I never want a message to come off. I'm not saying that. You guys are the faithful. You guys are the crew. Like You guys are how this thing is starting. But I'm trying to instill within us a desire to see the value in the little things that we do with worship, right? So me and Steph are the worship pastors here as well. I try to tell the guys that that are in the media, especially the guys that are like clicking the buttons in the background in the video booth upstairs. Nobody sees them. Nobody sees, everybody sees maybe the stream, but nobody sees the people who are there clicking. But I can't even tell you, I have a person who I met at a funeral here who lives like two hours up north. And he said, can I tell you, we tune in every single week and we watch what God is doing here. We are a member of, Of Tower Hill Church. We're not here in flesh, but we are, we know what God is doing here, and we are a part of what is happening here in this church, and I, and those are the kind of things that you can come back to your, your crew and say, look, you feel like sometimes, don't feel like you're just clicking a button. Don't feel like you're just running a slide or or putting together a production because you're reaching people. I mean, half the people that I meet that come here, how did you find out? Well, you know, we watched the stream for a few weeks and then we started coming to church. What you do, little things matter. So devote yourselves to being faithful and to serving. And God will do amazing things. When you're passionate about the things of God when you're passionate about his presence because ultimately that's why we're here we want to connect people to the presence of God and when you're passionate about that you're going to experience God you're going to experience the Lord and it's from those times when you experience him and this is just from personal experience I guess when you when you pursue after the Lord with fervor. When you make the decision, God, I'm chasing after you. It is then that God begins to reveal things through, through the word, through time in his presence, through time in prayer, through time as you worship him that he begins to speak and to drop things into your spirit. He begins to reveal things to you. He begins to give you direction for your life. Inspiration. There have been times when I'm like, God, I, I, you know, I don't even know how to create this. You know, God, I stare at a blank page and I'm like, Lord, how do I put this sermon together? Father, I need your inspiration. And, and as you pray and, and you seek the Lord, that he begins to pour things into you and, and things begin to light up. You know, I'd love, I'd love that every time that I read the Bible, it was like that experience when I opened the book of Nehemiah and God was speaking like, boom, 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 boom. Next thing, next thing. It was like every verse, something was popping out. Sometimes you need to press in to hear what God is pushing and, and desiring for you to do. And I just want to close with this, and then I, I want to take just a minute or two to, uh, to pray. I know we have a few minutes. When, when I think about passion, two things that I've noticed, two barriers for, for people, um, and, and I kind of use... They're kind of play on, they're not a play on words, but they're rhyming, so it's fun. Uh, Displaced passion and misplaced passion. These are, this is the two barriers that I see, uh, especially in in people our age. And so displaced passion, displaced passion, uh, displaced actually means to take the place of, the position of, or the role of something or someone. Displaced passion, it's the person that stays passionate about something for like 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Have you met that person? Like one week, their passion is this, and they're gung-ho, and they're running, and they love it, and it's great. And then you meet them like, oh, hey, how's, it go- how's that going? And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, that wasn't for me, I'm like, this is the new thing. Uh, yeah, everybody chuckles because you've met somebody like that who's, who's like, it's displaced passion. What happens is... There's no consistency and there's no devotion. And there's no, uh, there's no dedication to seeing something through. That there's a desire for a quick success, a quick fix, or a quick uh, job well done. And so because of that, there's a, there's a moving from passion to passion. When one thing doesn't take off and the time frame that, it, that you desire it to, then it, we move on to the next. Displaced passion. And then the second, misplaced passion. I, for me, I, we all know the feeling. How many misplaced things? I, so for me, it's my wallet, right? So um, I've gotten myself into a better... Uh, almost got myself into a better... I was just about to be like, oh, I got into a new habit where I put it in my front pocket and it's not there. and So I don't know where it is right now. It's probably on my desk. Uh, but... I used to i used to I used to I still I guess I still am there, but what would happen for me is uh you know I have credit cards and and, and receipts, and you know the wallet gets thicker and thicker so it's a pain on the butt to sit on literally and um, and so what I'd do is I'd always take it out and set it on things, and I'd forget it there, right So we all know the feeling if you lost your keys before, we all know what it, what it feels like to misplace something and so. Misplaced passion. You, you know that you had it. But one day, you kind of wake up and you realize it's gone. And a series of events in your life has suffocated the passion that you once had. And you feel like you've lost it. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you see us that you know us, Lord. And God, I just pray right now for each and per- every person in this room, God, that you would, you would begin to speak to them. Lord, the, the passions that they have in their heart, the things that you have put in them from even, uh, even the beginning of the world, God, you know them. Lord, you know the plans that you have for them. You know the things that you've put inside of them, Lord. And so, God, I just pray that you would begin to speak those things to your people. And, God, that tonight, as we just take some time to seek your face in prayer, God, as we just look to you and say, God, what do you have to say to us? God, what are the things that you're speaking to your people? God, that you would just do a mighty work. Lord, I pray that they would come to a place where they're passionate about people. Lord, if there's any person in this room that that is in a place that their focus isn't on lifting others up. It it isn't on reaching those who do not know you. It isn't on loving the lost and loving their fellow believer. God, I pray that you would instill within us a heart for people. Because any vision or or desire we have is going to leave us unfulfilled if that passion isn't there. So God, speak to us tonight. Refine us. God, over the course of these next few months, God, I pray that you would just refine our hearts, God, that we would become more like you. you Father, I pray for those that need to grow in a a, a desire for your presence. And you know what? I actually just feel this in my heart right now. If you feel like you would even just want to make a declaration to the Lord tonight, God, I know that I haven't been pursuing your cost with passion that I've been doing things my way I've been doing things the way that are that is according to my knowledge or my understanding and that I want to surrender everything to you and to do things for you with passion. I don't want to be hesitant about doing your will and that's what I feel in my spirit. There are those here that are hesitant to do the things that God has called for them to do and they know that that there's passion there, that that there's passion deep within them but there's fear of surrendering to that. Fear of surrendering to the Lord and walking in it. So if, if that's anybody that you would say, I want to give myself to the Lord tonight. Not in a salvation way, but in a way of saying, God, I'm committing, I'm devoting myself to obedience. I'm devoting myself to getting behind what you're doing. And you would want to say that tonight. Could you just raise your hand for me? I devote myself to what you're doing in my life. Not my way, but your way, God.